Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates, advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Andy Wint. Thanks to my good evening at Tampa's 5. This is update for Monday 11th of December 2023 from Manx Radio. 30 minutes looking at the latest news on the island. Background to that news and sport business. Sea Watch travel updates and the newsmakers in person this evening. An interim bishop and a plea to contact your MHK. Michelle Moan denies criminal allegations. No plans to update our immigration rules after social media speculation. Chief Minister passes the breathalyzer and three consecutive losses for the Ravens. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, at 29 minutes ahead of 6 o'clock, the update news headlines. Fastamai, Tessa Hawley. Fastamai, disruption to steam packet services as a result of industrial action is increasingly likely. That's the message from Nautilus International, which claims some staff have been threatened with fire and rehire today. The union says ship's officers have been told they need to accept what it's described as fundamental changes to their terms and conditions by the 22nd of December. Heavy rain is expected to lead to significant standing water and the potential of some localised flooding tonight. A yellow weather warning will come into effect at 10 o'clock. It will be in place until 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. The Chief Minister says he cooperated fully with the police after being asked to provide a roadside breath test. Alfred Cannon says he was breathalysed at his home after an allegation that he'd driven whilst over the legal limit. The Isle of Man Constabulary has confirmed no offences were committed. In international news, the UK Prime Minister's been defending his Eat Out to Help Out scheme, saying his primary concern was protecting millions of jobs during the pandemic. Rishi Sunak also told the COVID inquiry his WhatsApps weren't available to the hearing because he changed his phone many times and hadn't backed up his messages. The Home Office has published a summary of its legal position on the Rwanda bill. It says it's tough but fair and legal. The influential European research group of Tory Brexiteers wants it replaced. And Prince Harry has been ordered to pay the Mail on Sunday's publishers over £48,000 in legal costs. It's after he lost his attempt to strike out part of the paper's defence in a libel case. Those are your headlines. News in full at six. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's private client team. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Jeremiah, thank you. Tessa from the Ronaldsway Met Office. Strong wind warning in operation. The North Irish Sea state of sea is slight or moderate. And the weather, a freshening wind from the southeast. Bring some rain overnight, minimum seven degrees. There is a yellow weather warning for spells of heavy rain tonight, which could lead to significant standing water on the roads and perhaps localised floodings if drains are blocked. For Jamert, sunny intervals, showers, light to moderate south-southeasterly, backing north-easterly and strengthening after lunch, up to 10 Celsius tomorrow afternoon, down to 5 through the night into Wednesday. For Jacrain, dry and sunny in a moderate to fresh north-northeasterly, falling light and variable during the afternoon. Highest temperature is 8 degrees on Wednesday. Tides on the way back in, high water... 23 minutes past 10 tonight. Low tide overnight, 19 minutes to 5. 
Sunrise 28 minutes past 8 and the morning high water 25 to 11. Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double and triple glazing. Call 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. The Church of England's Diocese of Sodor Man's urging residents, that's you, to contact your constituency MHK to voice your opinion as a matter of urgency following lengthy debates in Tinwald about the future of the bishop, and most recently political support in the second reading of a bill which would see the bishop's vote removed entirely but still holding a place in LegCo. Canon John Caldwell was asked, why now and isn't it a bit late? It's been a measured response to see what the general feeling has been really rather than it being a um, jumping in feet first at the beginning to take some time um, and and some considerations from other people that are affected by it and what's the general consensus been from the people that you've spoken to i think people are concerned that it seems a minor constitutional change but what comes next is one of the questions that's been asked what what what's the next step that that, that goes for change and perhaps should it have been uh, part of a bigger body of uh, of constitutional reform the, the, the other comments that have been made is why is it suddenly when we have no bishop to have a voice in the debate and yet lots of people seem to be concerned that we retain the bishop's place within Tinwald and, and Ledgeco to bring a voice to a debate but then want to take away uh, the vote thereafter. So it's an interesting scenario. It's obviously something not people have not really come across before. So now there is no bishop in post at the moment. Uh, what do you think the bishop would be saying to um, the politicians in Tinwald about uh, them trying to remove the vote? That would be a purely speculative thing. Um, it would depend on who the bishop would be and, and, and from what angle they would be coming from that. Um, I think constitutionally, you look at the, the knock-on effect of a vote being taken away, um, is what happens. The, the Bishop of Soda and Manza, senior cleric within the Church of England, has access to a wealth of information and support um, both here and across. In some ways, perhaps we risk losing that quality of, uh, of what a bishop can bring to a debate. Potentially, the, the, one of the ramifications could be that we do lose the bishop. The Chief Minister's confirmed he passed a breathalyser test following an allegation of drink driving over the weekend. Alfred Cannon, MHK, issued a statement this morning following speculation on social media. The story from Sean Cowper. Mr Cannon's statement was published shortly after 9am following comments posted on a number of social media platforms over the past two days, speculating over the outcome of the breathalyser. The Aaron Michael MHK said I am conscious of a number of ill-founded speculative stories that are in circulation. I can confirm that on Friday evening an allegation was made that I had driven whilst over the limit. He goes on to say I cooperated fully with the police and was breathalyzed at my home. I passed the breathalyzer test and the police confirmed that no offence had been committed. A short time later the Isle of Man Constabulary issued its own statement. It said on the evening of Friday the 8th of December 2023 the police investigated an allegation in the north of the island of a person driving a vehicle whilst under the influence of alcohol. Immediate inquiries were carried out and the person was located. They cooperated fully with the police and were breathalyzed. The person passed the breath test and the matter was concluded as no offences had been committed. Update 
Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit Simcox.com or call 690 A 1-0 home defeat to Barnoldswick Town saw FC Alabama concede their third consecutive loss and drop to 10th in the NWCFL Premier Division. The visitors got the first and only goal on 16 minutes despite it being initially disallowed. We've been catching up with the Ravens boss, Paul Jones. Yeah, I thought the performance was really quite good in, in the main. I thought first half we dealt with the conditions really well. We had a gale force wind blowing into our faces and you know you would expect to be pinned back into your half for large parts of the, that half and we weren't really. I thought we you know controlled where the game was played really, really well. They scored a goal that you know if there was VAR it wouldn't have been a goal. So um, you know the linesman did a really good job and put his flag up and the referee saw it slightly differently and, and they got their goal and, and that kind of chips away at a belief of a team when you, you need things to be going your way to build a bit of momentum maybe that yeah, knocked, knocked us all back a little bit but um, second half I thought again we dominated the ball and dominated the game and, and maybe it's just that belief for extra little bit you know I talked to the lads about you know the handbrakes still on a little bit like they're not quite pushing the handbrake all the way down certainly all 11 of them or all 16 of them um, in a game to really go and put the pressure on and really go and dominate and um, that's the last little bit now I think I think people who have come down and watched have seen us dominate large parts of games which is maybe a bit different to how we played last year where we allowed the teams to have lots of possession and you know as I, as I just said to the club media it's important we keep going with what we're doing and how we're working because we know that that is the right thing to do for the club longer term and if we change tack now then then we lose a lot of progress so it's just about doubling down and keep keep working hard at what we're doing and know that you know things will go in our favour very soon. Alabama based Tory peer Michelle Moans denied all criminal allegations facing her in regards to her husband's consortium and its supply of PPE during the COVID-19 pandemic. PPE MedPro was given a £200 million contract by the UK government to provide the equipment but it's now being sued for the return of £122 million paid for surgical gowns the DHSC claims were not fit for purpose. In a new YouTube documentary with Mark Williams Thomas, which has been funded by PPE MedPro, Michelle Moan spoken for the first time about the allegations. We will win because we've done nothing wrong. I knew I could fix it. Fix it as in? Supply chain, getting quality PPE on time at the best prices. I've been doing it for 25 years of my life. Not PPE, 25 years of my life, but in manufacturing. Did you attempt to defraud the DHSC? Absolutely not. How can I defraud them when they knew I was involved? There's over 1,400 emails and communication on WhatsApps and phone calls. How can they say they didn't know I was involved? They knew everything. I put their names forward. The guys got the contracts on their own merits. Do you think you got favourable treatment by the government, by the DHSC, because you are a baroness? Absolutely not. And if it's that train of thought, then you should look at all the other MPs, baronesses, lords, senior civil servants that all put names forward that went into that VIP lane. They should all be the same as me right now. Why are they not? Have you benefited in any way from PP MedPro money, either directly or indirectly? Look, my husband's an entrepreneur. What my husband decides to do after the event and who benefits from that is at his discretion. I am his wife and I may indirectly benefit but that's just like all other families around that are married. That's just it. That is not my money. I don't have that money. It's not my money. 
Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. But a vessel Manxman left Hesham at 14 minutes past two. She'll be into the bay fairly shortly, into the harbour and the link span, leaving this evening at 7.45, arriving in the Hesham at half past 11. The 0.215 departure from Lancashire gets back to Douglas at 6 tomorrow morning. And the morning departure tomorrow, Tuesday 12th, is 8.45, Manxman to Hesham. Like the Steam Packet on Facebook for the latest sailing information. A bishop based in Manchester will take temporary charge of the Diocese of Sodrum Man until a new bishop's appointed for the Isle of Man. The Right Reverend Mark Davis is currently bishop for Middleton. He's been speaking to Manx Radio's Judith Lay. In God's good providence, it's fantastic. There are so many people here in the Diocese of Sodrum Man. It's my great joy and delight to be working alongside, so working very closely with them. Looking forward to doing that. Two places as the focus of their ministry in these coming months, but glad to be here. You have said that all dioceses have things in common. They may mm. be very, very different geographically, yes. but yeah. they have similar kind of situations. Mm. Yes, I think one of the areas of my ministry in Manchester is that I'm blessed to chair at the moment Greater Manchester Churches Together. That brings together a, you know, the whole range of churches across Greater Manchester. And one of the really interesting things is that as church leaders, when we sit down and we're describing our own situation, as I listen to the voices of sister and brother, Christian leaders, we could actually be describing each other's situation because some of the issues that we're facing are so very, very similar, be it to do with falling numbers in our congregations or the absence of children and youth and families or difficulties around historic and ageing buildings or finances or um, the number of people coming forward for ordination and for lay ministry. Very, very similar issues before us. But also, I think we have to be very realistic about the challenges that we're facing, but also have our eyes open to the opportunities that we're facing. We have great opportunities before us, you know, and and the Lord Jesus has promised to build his church and he's faithful to that promise. He will and he is building his church. Manx Radio Business Briefing. At 16 minutes before six, the troubled music rights investor Hypnosis Songs Fund today said it sold about 20,000 songs for $23.1 million, a 14.2% discount to the valuation at the end of September. It's uh, raising cash to pay down debt. Uh, the non-core songs require time-intensive ongoing accounting and reporting obligations and don't all have the perpetual ownership rights. The company said in a statement adding that the sale represents about 1% of the company's investment portfolio by value and for a full daily market report go to ramseycrookall.com. Well it's the end of the year and thoughts often turn to money. Would you move countries for a better salary? Across Europe the average salary for the same job can vary hugely for example an engineer in Croatia can expect a take-home pay of about €15,000, that's £13,000. The counterpart in Switzerland will get more than €89,000, £76,000. Northern European countries consistently come out on top when it comes to earnings, but they've similarly high costs of living. And for some jobs, due to high taxes in countries like Denmark or Belgium, it may be worth your while to look elsewhere depending on your goals, such as Estonia. In an analysis of salaries for five different roles, across Europe, the highest net pay went to sales managers in Denmark. An average annual take-home pay of €171,000, £147,000. The Stock Market Report, brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets closed higher. The US dollar jumped against Japan's yen after a report said the Bank of Japan
Japan saw little need to end negative interest rates in December. Oil dipped and gold declined, pressured by a firm US dollar. The numbers from Ramsey Crookall at the close in London. The FTSE 100 is down just over a tenth of a percent at 7,554. The DAX in Frankfurt up two tenths of a percent, 16,794. A short time ago in New York City, the Dow Jones Industrial up three tenths of a percent at 36,351. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index is down almost four tenths of a percent and the S&P 500 in Chicago up fractionally four hundredths of a percent, 4,606. In the exchange markets, the British pound sterling trading at one US dollar, 25.4 cents, one euro, 16.7 cents and 23 South African rand, 97.7 cents. In commodities, gold's down just over one and one-tenth percent at $1,981 per troy ounce and a barrel of Brent crude up four hundredths of a percent at $75.87. You've got an investment plan? Yeah, Mike set it up. But don't you need loads of money to do that? Not this one. It's called Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall and you pay in monthly as little as £100. So it's like saving regularly, really helping us invest in the future for a house or the kids' education. £100 a month? I could easily do that. You should. The sooner you start, the better. Invest in your future with as little as £100 a month. Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall, the island's investment specialist for 75 years. Call 717171 or visit ramseycrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. This is the most listened to Isle of Man news source. And Manx Radio's update is the Isle of Man's most downloaded news podcast. Faster, my good evening. It's 12 minutes before six, live from Douglas Head in the Isle of Man. This is Manx Radio. The Manx government says it has no current plans to update its immigration policy in line with the UK. It's after changes by the UK government have made it more difficult for people from overseas to enter the country to live and work. As Simon Richardson. From next year, people wanting to work in the UK will need to earn at least £38,700 before they could be considered for entry, though some jobs in areas such as health and social care would be exempt. The new minimum UK earnings requirement is around 50% higher than the current figure of £26,200. And although there's an exemption for health and social care workers, they will no longer be able to bring in family dependents. In contrast, current Isle of Man regulations stipulate a minimum earnings requirement of just £20,800. With the Manx government keen to fill a large number of vacancies in key areas, the tightening of immigration rules in the UK could make the Isle of Man more attractive to overseas workers looking to relocate. The UK's tightening of the immigration criteria is in response to official data, which showed net migration to the country in 2022 hit a record 745,000. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak believes current migration levels are too high. The potential effects of the new UK criteria on the Isle of Man are expected to be raised at this month's sitting of Tinwald. Manx Radio Sport. Faster my Rian Evans. Faster my good evening. Starting in cycling and Grand Fondo Isle of Man is set to return next year. The ninth edition of the event is scheduled to take place on the 27th and the 28th of July on Ireland. It makes up part of the UCI Grand Fondo World Series, which gives amateur riders the chance to compete in their age category in qualification events staged globally. Riders who qualify can then go on to represent their country in the UCI Grand Fondo World Series 
Swedish Championships, which will be taking place in Denmark in August 2024. Grand Fondo Isle of Man is the final qualification event in 2024 and the only event set to be staged in the British Isles, with entries expected to be in high demand. Entries are due to open on the 1st of January. You can find out more information at manxradio.com. Elsewhere, and there's been a lot of international netball this year for the Isle of Man, and it's not quite over yet. The Isle of Man under-19 squad is set to compete in the Europe Netball under-19 pilot training event this week. It's the first time the competition is being held for this age group, and we'll see a big week for the Isle of Man as they go head-to-head against England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Gibraltar, and the Republic of Ireland. The selected squad was announced by Isle of Man Netball today, and you can find the full list of names on this story at Manx radio.com on our sports page and in athletics Rachel Franklin and Mark Berman are the Winter Hill League champions for 2023 they both completed a clean sweep of three wins out of three for the series at the weekend where they battled strong wins as well as other competitors it's Berman's first Hill League title and Rachel's second after winning all three races back in 2009 Manx Radio Travel Driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. There's some delays at Ronald's Way. The 5.25 Logan Air from Manchester won't be in until 8 o'clock tonight. The 7.30 EasyJet from Gatwick is currently showing on time. The 10.28 Logan Air from London City, 40 minutes late at half past 8. And the 5 to 8 o'clock Logan Air from Liverpool won't be in until 10.30 tonight. That is the returning patient transfer plane. Outbound... Tonight, the six o'clock, the um, uh, sorry, outbound tonight is the six o'clock Logan Air patient transfer outbound. That's delayed until 8 30 tonight. And then the eight o'clock EasyJet back to London. Gatwick is currently showing on time. So the big delay on the Liverpool outbound and inbound. On the roads, temporary closures on the Balalaya Road for water main work south of Kirk Michael. Temporary lights on Whitebridge Road, Onca near Windermere Drive for some emergency gas repairs. The Gravel Road's closed in Oncombe for telecom works just past the Gravel View entrance to King Edward Road. Arrasy Road, Glen May, closed from Glen May to the Shoulder Road for resurfacing. A stretch of the Baldoon Road in Lax is closed for sewer lining. Temporary lights on the main road in Colby at the junction with Ballakilferrick Road for water main work and temporary lights also on the main road between Croyty Cayley Turn and Russian Roundabout for drainage work. The Clanner Road, Solby's closed for resurfacing. Hillside Avenue closed to Circular Road in Douglas. Switzerland Road's closed for construction work till next November. The Kean Drocker Road's closed in Andrus for water main work in phases and temporary lights on the Andreas Road to the north of St Jude's for patching work. Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. Spread your payments interest-free. Get more with... Keyside! The Infrastructure Minister is deciding whether the company hoping to search for gas in Manx Waters should be allowed to drill an appraisal well without first carrying out a 3D seismic survey. Kroger is seeking a variation to its gas exploration licence. Chief Exec is Richard Hubbard. The recent meeting we had at the beginning of December, um, we've been through all the detail of what they're doing with them and the DOI have appointed some external industry experts to help them with the technical stuff. Why shoot? What, what 
seismic, why drill wells? And they all said, well, in this case, the right thing to do is drill a well. So that was comforting. And the DOI has also appointed some legal advisory to try and help them understand how best the Isle of Man can use the UK regulations, or if they really have to, put their own in place. But clearly we're hoping that the legal advice will send them towards uh, using the Petroleum Act as an order to extend the law to the UK. What we've done with, with the DOI is agree that we'll have a regular monthly meeting, which is kind of essential when you're running into an operational timetable. So our next meeting is at the beginning of January, and the person who will make this decision is the Minister of the DOI, Mr Crookle. So he has not reached his decision yet. So we, we are hoping that perhaps by the time of the next meeting that the Minister may have been given all the information he needs to allow him to reach his decision. And if it's positive, of course, it will be to issue what the DOI calls a variation of work programme, which allows Kroger to drill the first appraisal well before acquiring the 3D seismic survey. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Mangs Care says demand on the Holiday Respite Care Centre for adults with learning difficulties is increasing faster than resources are being made available. Interim Director of Social Care, Safeguarding and Mental Health, David Hamilton, explains the impact it's having and how they aim to fix it. The demand is increasing. I think people are living longer with learning disabilities and or autism. And I think we need to acknowledge that and prepare for that for the future. So the strategic direction for us is being led by the Department of Health and Social Care. And that's been informed by some research that's been done on behalf of the department by Crossroads. And that's highlighted the need for a wider perspective around carers in terms of thinking about what do we need to do to support carers more across the island. So one of the things that will come out of that, it hasn't quite been published yet, so it's going through the final stages of completion, is how do we support carers to continue to care for as long as they want to and are able to? And how do we help them look after themselves as well as the cared for? So our services in the future will be focused around that. Respite will absolutely be a key part of that, but it's much wider than that as well. So for example, we've just undertaken a review of day services across the island, so Manx Care have commissioned that independently. And again, that is part of the picture, so that is about how we support people with day opportunities and thinking about how we do that uh, better than we are at the moment and building on what we currently have across the island. So I think it's an exciting time in terms of the future of that. But I absolutely accept in the meantime, it's really difficult for carers in particular um, and we're doing what we can. And people are doing some really good work out there across Manx Care, the private sector, the voluntary sector. And of course, carers themselves uh, who are absolutely dedicated, but are finding it increasingly difficult because, as I said earlier, people are living longer, but carers are getting older and often have um, health and social care needs themselves. That's it for update tonight, compiled from the resources of Manx Radio's news department. Thanks to newsreader Tessa Hawley, producer Amy Griffiths. After the news at 6, Agenda with Phil Gorn, The Greatest Hits with Chris Kinley at 6.30, and I'm back tomorrow at 5.30. W-I-N-T.